Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Asban, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masechet Kiddushin, daf Samech Zion, page 67. Well, we're actually going to start on the bottom of Samech Vav of 66 with a Mishnah, which is going to discuss different categories of marriage and what the status of their children are. And the Mishnah starts with a very, very sort of broad statement. Kol makom sheish Kiddushin ve'en Avera. Any case where there is a betrothal and no transgression, meaning where the Kedushin is a valid Kedushin and the Torah didn't prohibit uh, that particular relationship in marriage, the offspring, right, the children, follow the male. Um, and so that, in other words, the child has the same sort of halachic status as the father and not of the mother. Ve'ezuzo, so what kind of case are we talking about here? Zo kohenet leviyav Yisraelid. So this would be the daughter of a Kohen or a Levi or Yisrael. Shenisula Kohen Levi Yisrael, who marries a Kohen Levi or Yisrael, right? And what we know is, is that let's say a woman who's a Levi marries a man who's a Yisrael, the child is going to be a Yisrael. The Mishnah goes on and says, but any case where there is a marriage, where there's a betrothal and there's a transgression, meaning a, a case where the marriage uh, the, the marriage takes effect, even though, well, the Kedushin takes effect, even though the marriage uh, is prohibited. So the, the, the child is going to follow what, what we translate here as the blemish parent. And so the Mishnah is going to explain this. Right? What case is this? So let's say this is a widow who marries a coin gadol, right? We know the coin gadol could only marry a betula, a virgin. He could not marry a, a widow. So a divorcee or a chalutza who married an ordinary coin. A mamzeret or netina who married an ordinary Jew. Or the daughter of a Yisrael who marries a mamzer or a Natin. Um, and, uh, right, so these are all, uh, these are all relationships that shouldn't happen, uh, that shouldn't happen. For example, uh, a, a, a Jew and a, a Yisrael and a Mamzer, right, you actually would get Karet, uh, for, that's in Devarim, uh, chapter 23, verse 3. Um, and remember the Natin were those descendants of the Givonim, right, who tricked Yehoshua into, um, you know, sort of converting, but they really weren't accepted as as full Jews. Um, and so it goes on to say, right, and, and so the point here is, is that in each of these cases, right, the a child is going to have the status of the pagan of the pagom parent, of the blemished parent. So if you have the son of a of a of a regular it says of Yisrael with a Mamzeret, right? The child is going to be a mamzer, okay? If you have the child of a, let's say, a, a bat Yisrael, right? A, a, a daughter who's a Yisrael, and she has a child with a natin, the child has the status as a uh, as a natin. And then the Mishra goes on to say, Let's say you have a case where a woman can have kedushin with a particular person. In other words, the marriage is totally prohibited in a way that Kedushin can't even take effect. But she can have Kedushin with other men. 
Those are the cases where the offspring is going to be considered a mamzer. In what case is this? This is somebody who has a relationship with any of the arayos in the Torah, right? Um, and that those are actually, that, that's how a mamzer is actually created. Any case of a woman who cannot have kedushin with a particular mat, man, or let's say with anyone, havlad kemuta, the uh, the child is like her. What case is that? Zevlad This is the child of a Canaanite slave woman and of a non-Jew, right? So, in other words, the uh, the the children of of a woman who can't have kedushin with a Jewish man, right? These are two categories of women who cannot have kedushin with a Jewish man. Um, so, if they had a relationship with a Jewish man, okay. Um, the child's not Jewish. The child's also not considered a mamzer. Um, and if he converted, he actually would could marry a regular uh, Jew. So it's just that they're not Jewish and they're not a mamzer. So almost in a way, that category is, I, I think, almost is lessened a little bit than a mamzer. So the Gemara is going to start off by trying to understand uh, this first ruling, right? Every case where there's a kedushin, right, and there's no avera, it always follows the men. So Rabbi Shimon says to Rabbi Yochanan, is this, a, is this always the rule? Right? Right? And now, of course, he's going to give a case, and now we're finally on our dab. A convert who marries a mamzeret. So the kedushin is valid, and there's actually, there's no avera there. Um, and the Gemara in, uh, on page 72, uh, in, on Ayan Bet is actually going to explain how Rabbi Yossi understands that a convert could marry a mamzeret. So you just have to go with that assumption. But in that case, right, we would say that the child follows the blemished party, not the unblemished father. So in that case, the child would still be a mamzer. Ditanya, because we learned in Abraisa, Gershon Asam Mamzeret Havlad Mamzer. Right, a convert who marries a Mamzeret, the, the child of that is a Mamzer. Divrei Rabbi Yossi. These are the opinion, this is the opinion of Rabbi Yossi. So we're going to see later on how Rabbi Yossi understands that, uh, but it's quoted in this Brisa. So this is going to be rejected. Amr Le Rabbi Yochanan says to Rabbi Shimon, Mi Savart Matninam Rabbi Yossihi. So do you say that our Mishnah is according to the opinion of Rabbi Yossi? Right, who says that there's no avera in the marriage between the convert and the mamzeret? Manina and Rabbi Yehuda Hudamar. Right, actually, our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Gerlo Yusam mamzeret, who says a convert cannot marry a mamzeret. The yesh kedushin, the yesh avera, and so therefore you're not going to find it's. It, so this is a case where there's kedushin and there is an avera, and therefore havlat halech achar hapagum. And so, therefore, the child's going to follow the, the blemish party, the mother, and therefore will be considered to be a mamzer her. So his point is, is saying, no, this actually just follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, this Mishnah, um, and therefore he can't find a case that is valid Kedushim without an Avera, um, without an Avera, uh, where the child would still, would follow the Pagum and not the father. So the Gemara goes on to say, right? So, but, but, right? If this case of the convert and the mamzeret is really the second rule, so then teach it in that case. Why isn't it listed in the Mishnah? 
So the Gemara answers, Tana koma kom The Tana says in every case, right, of the latter category to include any case that was not mentioned. In other words, the cases that are mentioned in this Mishnah are not an exhaustive, exhaustive list. So from here, the Gemara is going to continue to try to answer this original question. Is this really always a true rule? Like, and it always holds case, or can we find exceptions to the rule? And that's essentially what, what the DAF is going to do uh, on Ahmed Aleph here. Thanks, Yerdin. I, I think that mission is a complicated one, and I'm glad that we saved it for today's DAF. Um, Ahmed Aleph really does, you know, follow the details and examples of the Mishnah. Ahmed Bet, you know, is still talking about this same topic, but I think in a different way. And that's what I want to talk about if we move a little bit down from the top, pretty close to the top on Ahmed Bet. It says, Gufa ki'ata ravin amar Rabbi Yochanan. So we're talking about a case where Ravin came from the land of Israel and he comes to Rabbi Yochanan, right? And he says as follows, Be'umot, Be'umot meaning in the nations of the world. Now what happens when you end up with two, the, the case is one of non-Jews, who are from different nations, when they get married, they're not Jewish. Okay? What happens to them? Halach achar hazachar. So the general principle is that they would follow the male of the couple to determine the status of the child. Right? Halach achar hazachar. Nidgeiru. Now they convert. I'm sorry. Nidgeiru. What if they converted before they got married? Halach achar hapagum shebishnehem. And then you, it says you follow the the lesser lineage, however you put it, right? Like the, the it's very, again, not PC, this kind of language, right? To say that there's a flaw in one's lineage, except for that really is the discussion here. So that there's a recognition here, I think, which, which is what I find very interesting, that if uh, non-Jews, before they convert and after they convert, they, they have different rules that apply. And we're talking here again about, it's like a mixed marriage, amongst non-Jews, or a mixed marriage who of, of a couple who convert, but before they get married. So they convert as individuals, not yet as a couple, except for that they're, they're going to get married, right? And then the question is, what's going to happen to their children? And, and again, we say we follow the pagum, that blemished lineage of the two of them, whichever one of them is more so. My ba'umot halach achar hazachar. So the guy says, well, what does that mean? You go after the zachar, you go after the male when we're talking about the nations. And this is where we, how we break it down. So it gives a complicated case where it says, if we have, you know, one of the nations who outside the land of Israel, who ends up sleeping with a Kanani, uh, the Kanani woman, right? A Kanani eat. And, you know, she bears a child, she bears a son. Now, what happens? Is that son eligible to be an Evid Kanani? Is that somebody who could be sold as a slave? Or, is, like, is he allowed to live in the land of Israel? Is he considered, a, you know, a Kanani following the mother? Or is he considered not a Kanani following the father, right? And if it's following the father, which is what the, right, that's the case, it follows the father, then you, Jew, right, you Jewish person cannot acquire this particular now child, but soon to grow up, right, to be an Evid Kanani, because he's not really a Kanani in this kind of, how do we determine lineage, how do we determine status? The Gemara goes on and quotes us a verse to help us here. Talmud Omar, this is from Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 25. Talmud Omar, Vegam mibnei hatoshavim hagarim imachem 
mehem tiknu. It says also from the children of those who who live there with you, you could buy. Meaning you, in fact, can acquire slaves from those inhabitants, those who lived in the land of Canaan. Now the guy says, well, you might have thought that if you're talking about a Kanani, an Evid Kanani, a Canaanite slave, right? And now that person, that man, sleeps with a, a, a servant, a maidservant, a Shifcha, right? But of the Umot, of the other nations, not a Kanani. And she bears a son. And you might think that that same child now could be um, acquired as, a, as an Evid Kanani because, you know, again, it goes after the father and the father is an Evid Kanani. Doesn't that tie up to be a nice little package? The answer is no. It says specifically in this verse, right, that you have holidu, um, that you have born, right, that the child, right, in your land. Means specifically that you're talking about the child of this, again, for these, from the mixed marriage, mixed non-Jewish marriage, right? And we're then dealing with the people who, you know, in fact might bear a child in the land as compared to the Canaanite nations who, again, who are those who reside in the land specifically those seven Canaanite nations, which becomes, again, yet another, like another complication in how are we going to establish this child's status. So the Gemara goes on, and I think we're almost done with this section. Right, so, okay, so that was, let me stop here. We talked about, I mean, let me pause here. We talked now about going after the father. If the couple is non-Jewish and um non-Jewish and converts after or comes to be the question is can you use can you ah pardon me the question is can non-Jews who are intimate with each other one of whom has Canaanite status can a Jew purchase the child of that person of that couple um, to be an Evid Kanani and part of the question is well is it the mother or the father if it's the mother then we're going to go after, we go after the father, it becomes much more complicated. I maybe you can purchase some of the other nations also, but it's not as an easy, it's not a slam dunk kind of thing. If they converted before, then you have, uh, again, it's a different kettle of fish. So now we're coming to the second part of the discussion from Rabbi Yochanan, where he said specifically, if they have already converted before they get married, that means before there's any child, Bemai. So the Gemara says, if they've, then you're going to follow the lineage, the flawed lineage, the problem, the pagum of the two of them. So the Gemara says, well, what case is that? Bemai. So here's the example. You have an Egyptian man who marries an Ammonite woman. My pagumika. Well, what's the problem there to begin with? Meaning, we have a problem about an Ammoni, right? When it says, the Gemara mentions it right away. Right, my pagumika amoni velo amonit. We have a problem with an amoni marrying into the Jewish people, but an amonit can convert fine. Meaning, we say that an amoni also can't even convert, right? But a female from the Ammonite tribes, whatever, could convert no problem. This is also relevant to Ruth Hamoavia, right? Because she is the female Moabites, but Moab, the males, were not supposed to marry into Bnei Israel. So you have a case, yeah, of you know, non-Jews and non-Jews from different countries 
but it doesn't seem to be that there's a pagam. There doesn't seem to be any blemish here. So the Gemara says, no, we didn't mean that case. We meant a different case. Let's go to the case where we're talking about a female Egyptian and a male Amoni. And Amoni is the lesser status, right? Because they're not supposed to marry B'nai Israel. The Gemara says, well, if you're talking about a child who is male, then he's going to go after his father, and then he's going to be complete, you know, always prohibited from marrying Jewish. But if the child is a girl, then let her follow the mother. So now she's going to be second generation Egyptian. And, you know, you still have a question of whether um, that person who converts can marry a Jew or not, right? It gets, again, all of these conversion status issues become complicated and messy, but we can understand there's a difference here because when there's a clear prohibition against a particular given status from marrying, you know, regular Jews, um, and none of this so far is, you know, what happens if you even go on to discuss the the moms or kinds of cases that that you were mentioning, but those are not yet in this discussion. The DAF continues to talk about other different levels of prohibition um, and what happens if you have where the child itself, him or herself, is born from the same forbidden relations, your Dana, that you talked about. In this case, the, this case that I found so interesting, this passage of the Gemara that I found so interesting, we're not talking about a prohibition and not, not in the classic sense, meaning the union between the couple is completely permitted. The question is what happens when that couple's child then wants to marry into Bnei Israel. And that's where it gets like, well, sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not okay. And the establishment of the status of non-Jews, you know, the fact that we need to do that, I find to be, you know, a little strange and very, very interesting. That's our Duff discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this stuff. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the 100 website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Mm-hmm.